This is episode number 148, How to Boost Your Willpower, Crush It Mondays. Welcome to the Sonia Looney Show. This is a podcast about how to live a high-performance life, spanning the categories of mindset, plant-based nutrition, inspiring stories, and sports science to help you be better every day. And today is an episode of Crush It Mondays, where each week I'll bring you an inspiring message, habit, or contemplation to get your week off to a powerful start. And in this week's episode, I want to talk about willpower. But before we get into it, I just want to say that this episode is brought to you by Osea Malibu Skincare. And these guys are awesome. They are the original plant-based, results-driven skincare line. And they're offering 10 bucks off your first purchase of $50 using my name, Sonia Looney, all lowercase, at checkout. And skincare is something that we don't talk about a lot as athletes, but it is really important because we expose ourselves to the elements all the time. And I don't know if you've ever used a moisturizer that felt really good, but you can just tell that your skin is thanking you whenever you're done. I've really been enjoying their products, especially the moisturizer called the Atmosphere Protection Cream. I like this brand because each product is infused with sustainably sourced organic Patagonian seaweed, and they also don't test on animals. It's non-toxic, cruelty-free, and vegan, made with love in California. All of Osea's products are like skin superfoods, and aside from just doing facial products, they also do body care products, which are really awesome, including body scrubs and bath salts so that you can give yourself a spa day at home. So check them out oseamalibu.com and you can use my name Sonia Looney all lowercase at checkout to get 10 bucks off a $50 or more purchase. All right so let's get into this crush it Monday episode and it's been really interesting because originally I thought that I would just do a five minute crush it Monday with something that was on my mind but it's quickly evolved into these huge research projects on these topics that I come up with And it's been really fun to really dive deep into some of these topics and learn a lot more about it myself. So willpower is a thing that we all have heard about. It's something we all have talked about at one point or another. And it's kind of key to making sure that we do the things that we want to do. Another word for willpower is self-control. And how many times have you blamed lack of willpower for failing to change a habit or failing to do that thing that you wanted to do? Don't worry, it's natural and all of us do it. And there's a reason why most New Year's resolutions fail and why it's so hard to make habits stick. We say, I don't wanna do this thing anymore or I will do this thing every day. And we stick to it for a while and then the wheels fall off. It's not that our intention isn't there, we truly wanna do these things. So why can't we stick to it? Why do we have these setbacks? Well, it turns out that trying to muscle ourselves into having more willpower alone doesn't work. There's things that you can do to increase your willpower, and there's things that you do that decrease your willpower. And this topic has been a focus of numerous scientific studies over the last several years. And are there areas of the brain responsible for willpower? That's what I wanted to know, especially with some of the neuroscience background that I have, and especially with some of the guests that we've had on this show talking about neuroscience. So why do some people seem to have more willpower than others? And how do we have more self-control? Well, there's a few different schools of research that I wanted to share with you. And addiction has actually been a driver of some of these studies to help people make lasting changes. Think about smoking, think about drugs. 
this is the largest group of people that have been studied. And there's been different ways and interventions that they've tried to help people make lasting changes. First, there's a few books I want to recommend if you're interested in the science behind this topic and you want to go deeper yourself. So pick up The Willpower Instinct by Kelly McGonigal. She's a PhD. And also The Craving Mind by Judd Brewer. And he is an MD PhD. Those are some pretty awesome people. And that's where the majority of my research for this topic came from. Based on the findings from these books and other studies I read, what can you do to set yourself up for success? And according to a 2012 study by the American Psychological Association, the main habits people are always trying to improve upon are eating healthier, exercising regularly, losing weight, reducing stress, and getting more sleep. Does that sound familiar? And interestingly enough, a few of those goals intrinsically will increase your willpower. So let's get into about seven different topics, maybe eight if I have time, to talk about how we can boost our willpower and why this works. Number one, let's talk first about stress and sleep deprivation, because if you're stressed or sleep deprived, it will decrease your willpower. And it's interesting because it's a chicken or an egg type of scenario since people would argue that it takes willpower to go to bed earlier or to take action to reduce stress, or I guess it would be inaction to reduce stress. But if you can understand that reducing stress and sleeping more will give you more self-control, it might help you make it more of a priority. So why do stress and sleep deprivation reduce willpower? Well, it turns out that willpower mostly lives in the prefrontal cortex of the brain. It controls some of our emotions, what we pay attention to, and the subject of our thoughts. The prefrontal cortex is broken up into three sections according to Dr. Kelly McGonigal's book. And there's a section in the prefrontal cortex for I won't, a section for I wills, and a section for I want. For example, I won't eat the dessert. I will get up early to do my workout. And I want keeps track of your goals and wishes. The prefrontal cortex is the first region of the brain that goes offline when you're stressed. Yes, the prefrontal cortex is the first region of the brain that goes offline when we are stressed. Guess what happens? Well, you lose your willpower. And sleep deprivation is another problem. It reduces brain activity because it's harder for your brain to absorb glucose when it's sleep deprived. Yes, you actually are in a brain fog. So aim to reduce stress and get more sleep and you might find that you have more willpower That prefrontal cortex is pretty powerful and you want to take care of it. So doing those two things will make sure that your goals are more attainable and it's easier to get there. Next, this is interesting. Suppressing thoughts weakens willpower and so does guilt. You've heard of the experiment, don't think of the pink elephant, and then it's all you can think about. Well, think about when you want a cookie. You tell yourself, don't think of the cookie. You don't want the cookie. The more we resist temptation, the more it persists and then your willpower goes out the window. Basically, try not to suppress your thoughts and keep listening for what to do instead. Guilt tripping yourself also has been found to make your willpower issues a lot worse. It might sound counterintuitive to let yourself off the hook, but studies have shown that self-compassion around breaking a habit helps you get back on track rather than chastising or berating yourself. So the next time you make a mistake, think about encouraging yourself over criticizing yourself. Practice forgiveness when you fail and you'll be more likely to succeed. Say, it's okay that I ate the cookie or it's okay that I slept in, but tomorrow I'm going to get back on track or right this second, I'm going to get right back on track. Instead of saying, you suck, you're never going to be able to get this done. You're never going to do this. That actually weakens your willpower. 
Next, number three, get serious about your cravings. Dr. Judson Brewer, an MD, PhD, is a pioneer in the field of willpower and change. And as I mentioned, check out his book, The Craving Mind. He advises getting curious about your cravings. First, notice the urge. Get curious about the urge. Why is it there? How am I feeling right now? What does it look like? What does it feel like? What is it? And then feel the joy of letting it go. It's like riding a wave. In his book, he talks about using mindfulness-based training to help people quit smoking using this exact technique. And it was five times more likely than the American Lung Association's method of using distraction. And this was over a two-year period. So it really works. Smoking is highly addictive and mindfulness-based training help people quit smoking way more effectively and never smoke again. Of course, this assumes that you have a level of self-awareness, so you're able to pause between the cue and the craving and the response. So in the cigarette example, when you want a cigarette, you don't just go light up the cigarette. You actually have the space in your mind to pause. When you notice the cue, ask yourself what it's going to feel like if you don't make this change or if you don't do the thing versus if you do make this change. Just thinking about it consciously will take away some of its power. And curiosity is also a way to increase mindfulness about your cravings. So watch Dr. Brewer's TED Talk. I highly recommend it. It's linked in the show notes or you could just Google it. But he talks about the smoking example again. And instead of saying don't smoke the cigarette, he tells the people to smoke the cigarette. And while smoking the cigarette, he says, think about how the smoke feels, how it tastes, all those things. And by practicing mindful smoking, some people realize how gross it was and they had a visceral reaction that made them want to quit smoking and it drastically either reduced the amount of cigarettes or they stopped smoking altogether. He talks about the craving is like riding a wave. So it's sitting with that craving, not doing anything about it, knowing that eventually it will pass. And in his book, he asks people what they did in situations when they couldn't smoke, like if they were on a bus or if they were in a plane And he proved to them that, yes, indeed, they could overcome these cravings if they waited long enough. So the mindfulness piece around your cravings and around trying to change your behavior is in mindfulness and being curious about it. Okay, number four. This won't come as a surprise, probably. Here it is. Meditate five to ten minutes a day. The default mode network in the brain is the busy part that chatters away. It is a neurological basis for self, thoughts of others, and thoughts of past and future. It can also distract you, and meditation greatly reduces activity in the default mode network, both during meditation and even when you're not meditating. The result is much better focus, and you got it, better self-control too. So if you want to learn more about the science of meditation and its effects on the brain, you can, again, look up Dr. Judson Brewer and also make sure that you listen to the episode I recorded with cognitive neuroscientist Dr. David Vago because We talk specifically about the default mode network and how meditation affects the brain in that regard. And I put a link in the show notes for that as well. So meditation and mindfulness are probably the top ways to boost your willpower because they do reduce stress. They do help you sleep better and they do help you have awareness around your cravings. Number five, delay gratification. This is one thing that I started doing earlier this year. And instead of saying, I can't have the pizza, I tell myself I need to eat something healthy first, like a bean stew or a salad. And if I still want the pizza, then I can have it. And rarely do I reach for the pizza if I do it this way. And another thing you can do is say, I can have the cookie, but I have to wait 20 minutes. 
And this is sort of like riding the wave of that craving again is delaying yourself actually getting it and sometimes just waiting, going for a walk or doing something else or eating something healthy that helps you avoid giving into that craving. Number six, hack your environment. This works for the I won'ts and for the I wills. Try to make the I won'ts difficult. So here's an example. Instead of keeping beer in the fridge where it's easy to get, I have it locked in the crawl space under my house. So if you guys are knowing where I live, stay out of that crawl space. But in my crawl space, it's locked in there and it's not cold. So if I want a beer, I have to get the key out. I have to go downstairs, outside first, and then down the stairs, which in winter isn't very fun. Get the beer, put it in the fridge or freezer and wait for it to chill and then I can have it. So this is another way of delaying a way I've hacked my environment so that if I have a craving, it creates space. So a lot of the time, making it hard makes me not want to have the beer because I know it's going to take that long. Or by the time the beer is actually cold, I have forgotten about it and it sometimes explodes in the freezer. You can also use this trick for the I wills. A friend of mine leaves a kettlebell and a foam roller in the middle of the room, so he'll do a few exercises if he sees it. We leave all of our musical instruments in plain view in our living room so that we're encouraged to play them. And my husband wakes up at 6 a.m. to ride the trainer every morning. He gets all of his bike clothes out the night before to make it easier. So, and meal planning, this is another example. If you make your food in advance and it's waiting for you in the fridge, it's easier to eat healthily. The same goes for leaving bowls of fruit out. So when you want a quick snack, it's there instead of a bag of chips. So hack your environment to help you ride out that wave and make better choices. Last, eat a minimally processed plant-based diet. Yes, this is something I wasn't expecting to see during my research of this topic. And Dr. Kelly McGonigal has mentioned this several times in her talks. I tried to find the study that supports it myself, but I haven't been able to track it down yet. And I've actually emailed her because I was excited about this. I do trust her recommendations as a health psychologist and look forward to learning more about it. I linked to her keynote at Google in the show notes where she talks about this, but I'm guessing that her findings had to do with increased blood flow to the brain, better glucose regulation, and therefore better functioning of the prefrontal cortex. But this is just my hypothesis. The last little thing is, you know those people who seem to eat healthy all the time and they're always getting out doing their exercise or they're always have like a neat and tidy house and you're wondering like, how do they have the willpower to do that? And it's actually because these people enjoy doing those things. So like for me, for example, people ask me, how do you have the willpower to eat a plant-based diet all the time? And I actually really enjoy eating a plant-based diet. I like the food. I like how I feel. So it's actually not an effort for me to do it. And same with exercise most of the time. I like exercising. So it's not a punishment. It's not this thing that I'm forcing myself to do. So if you can find a way to like the things that you're trying to make yourself do, that can make it a lot easier for you to want to get in there. And you can use mindfulness. You can use self-talk in order to repeat to yourself that you actually like doing this. And who knows, maybe eventually you will. So give these techniques a try and let me know how it goes. And if you want to go deeper into willpower and the default mode network and the prefrontal cortex and meditation and all these awesome things, check out the show notes at sonyalooney.com slash podcasts for links to studies, books, and the talks I referenced. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. Really appreciate it. Also want to say big thank you and shout out to my people who are supporting me on Patreon, a crowdfunding site to support the growth of this show. If you're getting a lot of value and you can spare a couple bucks a month, it really does make a big difference. I have a staff that helps me get this show out every single week. 
And there's a great deal of research that goes into the two episodes that I published. So go to patreon.com slash the Sonia Looney show. It's also in the show notes. And if you don't feel like giving financially to the show, feel free to share the show with your friends. It makes a big difference to us. It puts wind in our sails. Thank you so much, you guys. Hope you have an awesome week and we'll see you right back here in a few days. <laughs>